I'm good. I'm here in, in the Jenny position yeah, podcast version of the <laughs> Place to Be Nation, North South Connection, Pop Experience Universe. It's we, insane. We, but now I'm in I'm 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 in the Jennifer Smith side. It's really weird. Yes. This is the this is like the after dark. This is where the freaks go. Yeah, right? the, the, this is where this is where we get the one on one interviews. Like you, you remember Tom Snyder? Yes, I do. He had the late like there was the late show, the late late show, and then mm-hmm. the late Late, late show. And <laughs> well, that was Tom Snyder. He always show. had those like, <laughs> like I'm a sports fan. And Roy Firestone was like that with up close. He would always sort of like diffuse his like guests with like these really nice, simple questions that just kind of like veered into like deeply personal opinions that yeah. you would have never gotten if you were like, if like, you know, Will Smith was promoting Independence Day. Exactly. You know, like. And it, and it and it's it always give it always gives you the, like it lives on forever in YouTube those sound bites from those shows because they're so insightful mm-hmm. of the people that are the guests because you just never would have heard it. I'm not saying I'm trying to put on like a I, I put on a happy face when I do NBA team or you know <laughs> if I if I guessed or if I guessed on other things but you know it's always good to sort of like kind of get to that underbelly of how people feel especially especially something as random as pluto tv because there's so many weird things but there's always something that you see that you're like oh yeah that's that's in my wheelhouse mhm so yeah i mean like there's a bit of performative you know to to podcasting even if you're being casual and chatting and stuff but like I feel like with this show, people do, like, they start telling me their stories, and, like, the show brings up things, and it goes into different directions. It's what I love about it. Um, yeah. And no matter what we watch, like, a lot of times, that's what we end up doing. Um, so, do, do you watch Pluto a lot? Did you know about it? Um, I knew Impact was on Pluto. Like, I knew that they, um, for wrestling, because obviously, you and I, we, we do wrestling podcasts, we talk mm-hmm. about wrestling. Um, they... I know that they had their own standalone channel. Actually, I was browsing through it, waiting to do this one, and they had some 2009 pay per view that had. Um, uh, it, it was the one where Daphne got like uh, injured to the point that it ruined her career. Uh, it was with Abyss and Doctor Stevie and Raven for some oh. reason. Very, <laughs> very vi- classic, classic Dixie TNA. Oh right! Uh, I'm sure. That, I'm sure there's other podcasts out there. TNA never dies on the mm. North South. There's a lot of them that can probably cover ground there in the future. But we will. Yeah, but but there's other things that I've I've caught on on Pluto TV. I think Batman: The Adam West series was on Pluto for a little while, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love that show. So there there's things like that that I can always catch. There's on demand there for movies also that mm-hmm. you can always catch. So yeah, I've I've dabbled in it a little bit here and there. So what did you decide to watch for tonight? So, um, so tonight for the, uh, Dawson, we're going to be doing Dawson's Creek. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's weird. Um, you, you did your versions of the, uh, of this series with 90210 with Tim Cable and JT Rosero. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously very well versed in 90210. There's Mm -hmm. obviously so many other teen angst, uh, or coming of age type of series that you could do that people have just this like 
there's something about coming of age shows and movies that people just have this deep, deep affinity for. I don't know if it's because it's relatable because oh, yeah. they look, they, it's like a prism of themselves. And they look at whether it's like, you know, the breakfast club has like five different types of people, female mm-hmm. and female. And there's some, and the reason why the breakfast club is so relatable, not to get too off track that they look at that movie and they see one of those people and they're like, I'm that person. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's what I'm going through. Even though the movie was in 1985, I know to this day, 2021, teenagers <laughs> see that movie and say, and that's the brilliance of uh, of uh, John Hughes. Like they exactly, they're like timeless. That's me. That like I go. I know exactly how that person feels. Sometimes I want to like. Sometimes I want to like, be like Judd Nelson's character. Sometimes I'm. Sometimes I'm misunderstood. Like Ali Sheedy's character, and mm-hmm. I just want to be a pretty girl one day. Well, not me. But <laughs> of course you do. Everybody wants to be a pretty girl. And, and I went through those phases, obviously, when I was younger. The Wonder Years was with Fred Savage was one of my favorites. 90210 was mm-hmm. funny. The thing about 90210, though, as fun as it was, it sort of grew up really quickly as it evolved into the 90s. It was still really popular on Fox. Melrose Place was, too. But Melrose Place was more of like the like the Real Housewives drama right, yeah. of the 90s. More grown up, yeah. 90210 went into college, went into the college years, and then once Dor- Shane and Doherty and Luke Perry were out, they sort of went into adulthood. Where, whereas Dawson's Creek, that was when the WB started, mm-hmm. and the WB was basically just an offshoot of Fox. They were trying to do what Fox did, and I think they wanted to get into that teen. They wanted to get into that teen audience that had had success with like Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. even Saved by the Bell, which I loved. It was a high school comedy. It was geared for kids, right? You know, even even the "Don't Do Drugs" episode, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a show that's geared towards kids. When I saw Dawson's Creek for the first time, which was created by Kevin Williamson, which was sort of the inspiration behind the episode we chose, which I'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Well, we chose, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, it's your show. <laughs> I started not. Oh no, no. And, um, so, when the show Dawson's Creek entered, got introduced, it had the typical soap opera fare, will he or won't he, mm-hmm. you know, will they get together type of thing. I watched that show just like I probably a lot of teenagers and high schoolers did because it had a really good, like, demo rating for for um, for teenagers. They probably watched that show and said, man, I know how that person feels. Like, mm-hmm. I know what that's like. And they – and even though – I don't think it was able to keep up its momentum after the first two seasons. You know, Kevin Williamson, I thought, was able to kickstart for the first 13 episodes of the first season. A really nice show that was a little, I guess you could call it a little racy for its time. You know, um, you know, it's funny if you like listen to the dialogue, it's not exactly like. I wouldn't call it vulgar. It's definitely a little off the cuff, but I wouldn't say it's like totally out of bounds compared to today's television. Oh, but definitely not. In 1998, like the parent teacher council, like had a connection <laughs> to it. They yeah. labeled it in two straight years the worst television program uh, out in, in television. And what happens when you tell kids, please don't watch this show, it's bad for you? Of course they're going to watch it. <laughs> I watched WWF Attitude when they were pretending to cut off penises and crotch <laughs> chops. I watched Ren and Stimpy late at night and in Living Color. Everybody watches the thing that they're told not to watch. 
Right. And Dawson's Creek for the first, probably the first season was that show. In fact, one of the reasons they think it was delayed was because the production team, Procter and Gamble, pulled out because they were getting word that a lot of advertisers were threatening to to jump off of it because the PTC was so, like, uh, they were so, um, what's the word I'm looking for, defiant about it. So. Well, I know that there's some risque storylines uh, in season one for sure with Pacey and his teacher. And I think you get um, Joey sleeping in Dawson's room uh, off and on. which Yeah, which is not anything like Sam, who just from Clarissa explains it all. A man who gets a ladder and just visits and goes through a girl's bedroom. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sam. And Dawson's like the nerd. He's like the most unthreatening of of teenagers like to me like he's just full of angst there's nothing there that's like he's a bit of a sterilized like type of teenage teenage character you know i was looking at yes (laughs) i was looking at an interview with james vanderbeek it was like a reunion show and he talked about how he found the character to be kind of annoying you know, and and I sort of get that. I I can get that vibe when when you when you watch Dawson, when you Dawson Leary, when you see him. Like when I watched him, to be real, like I wanted to be Dawson Leary. <laughs> A lot of kids did, <laughs> which yeah. is weird yeah, because it's like you know some people you would think you wanted to be you know Pacey who is like the kind of the guy. I wouldn't call him like the jock. He was more of the outgoing, fun loving sidekick yeah. guy the dumb so, dumb guy the, the slater. Dumb guy. <laughs> and but here's the thing if he's the slater like dawson is like the opposite of zach yeah like Daw- dawson would be zach if zach took a whole lot of weed you know <laughs> i mean he is so zoned out he is so focused on himself yeah but then again aren't aren't all kids so there's that sort of self-identification when you see these characters. And then, the, I mean, you could probably speak to the female side with with, with uh, Joey and Jen, you know, how you felt about them. Yeah. Well, let's start the episode, and then we'll get into some of that. Right. So the episode we chose is The Scare, which was episode 11. Now, Williamson didn't actually write the script. Mike White did, who you might know from, like, doing uh, School of – he wrote the screenplay for School of Rock – Oh, that's Nacho, a good movie. He did Nacho Libre, and he also just finished a show on HBO called The White Lotus. So he's this guy who's like really good at like awkward comedy, mm-hmm. but he got he sort of got his foot in the door doing scripts for Dawson's Creek, and it's directed by a guy who did like Leprechaun Two. So it's a oh, so he's also he's also done like a lot of TV episodes, so he has a lot of experience there. Um, Williamson, obviously, his big. His big foot in the door was that he wrote the screenplay for Scream. And that was how he got a lot of attention to pitch Dawson's Creek, which was originally pitched to Fox. They turned it down because Party of Five was not doing well, and they didn't (laughs) want another teen angst drama. So they sent it to the WB, and they took it on because they were just coming off of the popularity of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And they put on Dawson's Creek on Tuesdays as like a one-two punch with Buffy. And Mm -hmm. Dawson's Creek by this point episode 11 is a rating it it wasn't like huge in the rating it's almost like wrestling today it's not it's not like big in terms of viewership but in terms of just general popularity water cooler talk it was Mm -hmm. a hit well sometimes that's the best (laughs) right because 
you know, it'll follow after that once people start talking about it. All right, so we're on demand. We're on uh, season one, episode 11. Right. And we will hit play in three, two, one, play. Yes, and and I'm obviously because my Roku is terribly outdated. I have my I have my drag time, but yeah. here we go with the a look at the fly as 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 you had talked about. Dawson and Joey are just sitting around in the in the bed watching. It looks like I know what you did last summer. I think so. Very meta. Yeah, quite. Because I that's love the movie meta. that was written by Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Um, I expect a lot of meta in this. Um, so my feelings about the girls of Dawson's Creek. So a lot of it is like um, that girl next door thing that Joey is literally. And she's so wholesome and she has this gig- ginormous crush on this guy that is pretty much oblivious to it a lot of times or doesn't know what he wants to do. That's his best friend. Like, what is he going to do? So a lot of that is really relatable. And um, I was always, you know, I always had dark hair. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a thing. And um, I, I know many people in life who married their best friends. They went yeah. through a whole lot of avenues in between. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they found each other again. So, and, you know, I, I could see it for her. Like, I can see what she sees in him. And they're very, very close. And um, but you hurt for her a lot of times uh, here when she's just sort of dying for Dawson and he's just sort of a goof so you're like geez come on dude get a clue um but then you have the siren call of Jen Lindley uh across the way there and she's very worldly and sexy and blonde and um maybe uh, appeals to Dawson's like dramatic side right so right I can see that as well he wanted. He sort of wanted to play that like a Cyrano de Bergerac type of role on Jen. Mm-hmm. Like he thought he could kind of like the new girl in town, and he could be the the local guy that could sweep her off her feet, type of thing. And it doesn't really work that way with Jen. Uh, mm-hmm. It turns out because Jen's got a little bit of a darker side than he had expected. You know, which is typical of a guy who whose only life goal is to be like Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, yes. Which, listen, Steven Spielberg <laughs> did some very dark, awesome movies. I mean, Schindler's List is one of the saddest movies. Oh, uh, wow. That was a good, good job. That was scenario. a good one. I like that. That was a good one. But uh, for those that, they did, a, they did a Jason Mask under the bed boogeyman uh, jump scare. Now, okay, let's stop where I was. Let's just pause where I was saying. It is a crime that this rip take that they had used for Dawson's Creek's theme song is being played for any rando teenager TikToker who watches <laughs> this and says, that's a really dumb song. Who could really get into this? Paul, when pa- dude, Paula Cole's, I don't want to wait, which obviously is not being put for put on for the streamers because mm-hmm. of the fact that they don't want to pay the music rights or maybe Paula Cole doesn't uh, give permission or whatnot. I understand the economic reasoning behind it mm-hmm. and for merchandising, but my God, like when that chord hits, yes, <laughs> it's like when it's like when the glass breaks in with with Austin, <laughs> like you can feel you don't feel you can feel like the bottom of your feet tingling. You're like, 
oh, my childhood, my teenage years are back when you see that intro with the Paula Cole song. You know how all those people with uh, ECW One Night Stand, as I am in a commercial with Olive Garden. Yeah. Uh, when, at One Night Stand when the Sandman would come out to enter Sandman, but they only did it that one time and yeah. they paid for it, but they never did it again. Yeah. And everyone's like, man, you never got it. You never saw it when it was enter Sandman. It was like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm being too nostalgic, but I do prefer. I mean, look, if the song was actually good, I would have actually cared. You know, um, I read a trivia that they wanted Alanis Morissette's hand in my pocket, but she didn't give him permission. Oh man, I don't know. I think no, there's something about that. Something about that wistfulness in that Cole song that. You know, it just fits. It just fits. Like, it's perfect. A song about a soldier coming back from World War II. Yeah, by the way. yeah. I don't know. Hand in my pocket kind of wor- would have worked as sort of like that twangy type of mm. small town romance type of theme. But, yeah. But, I mean, Atlantis was probably like, that's that's not, I don't, I don't do Dawson's Creek, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame her, really. Um. But, but where, where were we getting at with, um, before the jump scare happened? Uh, we were talking about, um. Oh, I don't even so remember. I was I was gonna talk about Dawson's um his ambition like it's it's so he has a lot of like sort of like you said whiny like annoying yeah he qualities. wants to be the next Steven Spielberg was where I was getting at right which but is, like, he does the cleanest director of all time who thinks life is perfect <laughs> everything looks perfect it's like no Dawson he does have perfect. some talent you know in that um and. You know, he's very passionate about it, so that, that, those are good qualities, and he's very, I don't know, he's empathetic for the most part. Like, he's not a total lost cause. Like, there are flashes of... Yeah, like, he's not a total dupe. No. Like, as we get later in the show, I mean, Dawson, maybe it was the writers wanting to give him, like, a stronger protagonist role. He was the one who tips it off to, to Joey, like, look, I know, Let's if we want to spoil it, at the end of the series, Joey winds up with Pacey. Right. And um, it was Dawson who sort of lent to that scene, which was on the creek, which everybody knows because of the famous meme where he cries, mm-hmm. where he basically tells him, look, I know you don't want me. You want yeah. Pacey. The yeah. moment you say, let's still be friends, you're going to turn around and run to him. Mm-hmm. So he's not a total dolt. Maybe that was at a point in the season, because that was season three, where he's sort of matured. And this is sort of the bright-eyed, like, long-haired. I don't, I don't know what life is. Well, I don't know what's ahead of me type of Dawson Leary, which is a little bit more naive. Um, he does have a naivete to him in oh, general, yeah. but at the, but so does Pacey at this point. I mean, Pacey is stoinking his teacher and he doesn't even care. They literally like have a Kate, like a trial about it. He's like, Oh, I guess I got over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I, <laughs> the Pacey teacher stuff is like, Wow, like, <laughs> um, very 1998. Um, yeah, and that—that's, I guess, that was where the tag came off as risque, like you had mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Point. Um, I also mentioned so saw that the producer is Steve Miner, who directed the pilot. He that might be part of the Friday the Thirteenth inspiration part of this episode because he was a um close confidant of Cunningham, the director of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh, he also okay. did Halloween H two O. What do you how, do? You like that movie? Um, H two O. It's okay. Yeah. Like it had, it had a little. I I like the nineties like revamped version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one by David Gordon Green was very good. Mm-hmm. The more the most recent one. I did not like the Rob Zombie one. No, 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 nobody did. Which is funny. Well, there's another one. So, 
another jump scare. So, like, you see the theme of, like, oh, there's something spooky going on, which is hilarious because if this was supposed to be a Halloween-themed episode, this this episode came out in April. <laughs> uh, well. Oh, well, that's fine. Is that I, Scott I Foley? Halloween all year long, so. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Scott Foley from Felicity? Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Let's do let's do some uh let's do some multiverse stuff here. So let's create a Dawson verse. So oh, or a WV a WB verse. Uh Scott Foley, he, his character goes to New York for college where Felicity chases after him. Mm-hmm. What if he had met up with Jen when Jen was in New York and then oh. Jen and Felicity were friends? They could have done a spin-off show with just Michelle Williams and Carrie Russell, which <laughs> would have been a whole lot more entertaining. You think so? Yeah. Did it you watch been... Felicity? Felicity was okay. Then she cut yeah. the hair. Oh yeah, yeah. That it was, was a deal breaker thing. for her. Yeah, a whole deal. But um, yeah, you know, uh, two people that got a sort of not I wouldn't say got their break because they had been they had been doing things before that, but who got um some credits on that were J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, who's directing the new Batman movie. Right. Yeah. Pattinson. So. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta get your name just like Mike White writing this screenplay. Like people have gotta get their start somewhere. Exactly. Why not Dawson's Creek? Here's Pacey and Joey at lunch with Jen before they before they find their feelings. So, were you? Did you watch this like when it was on, like live, or? Yes. In yeah. fact, Jen, I taped them. Oh, you taped like there were there were four things I taped. I taped. <laughs> I taped because there was no. Di- hey, kids, there was no DVR at the time. There so was, you're talking there was VCR. No, there was no YouTube. There was no streaming. You know, I had to walk 10, 10 miles through the snow to go to school mm-hmm. in southeast Louisiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, sure but, um, but no, I taped four things. Raw, Nitro, because remember, they were at the same time. You couldn't just the only other thing is run around like an ADHD kid going from TV to TV. Uh, so raw. Um, Nitro, Chicago Bulls games, because that was the last year of Michael Jordan. And this genius show, which just had a fake human finger to scare Joey. <laughs> or was who is he? Wait, who is he trying to scare? She's like the jumpiest thing. Oh, he's trying to scare uh, Pacey. Yeah. And Pacey has absolutely no clue that he's about no. to put no. a fake human finger in his mouth, and he just did. It's a sausage link. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was very, I was very into the show. I was very into the show. Nineteen summer '98 was an epic time in 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 the Andrew household, in the Reese household. <laughs> it was, it, it was um, it was a, it was a, it was a summer of awakening. Oh. It was, a, it was a summer of longing. It was a, it was a summer of, uh, it was a summer of, uh, of violence. Watching, oh, watching goodness. Steve Austin bleed all over the place. <laughs> watching my my sports hero Michael Jordan say goodbye in Chicago. Seinfeld having the worst finale ever, mm. you know, it was a, a lot of big it's things. Were happening. Yeah. Presidents getting impeached. A lot of weird stuff. <laughs> were you, uh, which girl did you gravitate more to in the show? You know, it's, oh, towards the show or in real life. I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both. I um, no, I, I, I liked Katie Holmes, like mm-hmm. Katie Holmes, I, Katie Holmes, just in terms of her general performance was just more enticing for me. Mm-hmm. The thing that's weird about Michelle Williams now, we can make, we could talk forever about what happened with Katie Holmes and being yeah. sucked 
it's the Scientology curse. But and if she hadn't done that, maybe she would have had a better career for herself. She mm-hmm. bounced back though. But Michelle Williams, I this is this is like when you see a player and you're like, you know, I don't think he's gonna be anything good, and he winds up being a star. Oh, I never. Yeah. That Michelle Williams. I just thought she was a pretty girl who would do a couple of slashers and be gone, you know. And she turned out to be a wonderful actress later in her career. With she, she, she is, yeah, I really like her. Still, she she had an extra layer to her that, unfortunately, I don't think they really ever showed on Dawson's Creek until maybe the very end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if she was like keeping it in her back pocket when she did like Brokeback Mountain and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but. It, it, you never really saw that side of her as as Scott Foley and uh, the with his varsity with his <laughs> with his varsity jacket <laughs> going after Dawson about something. Um, so she got a death threat in her locker. Jen did. So. Yeah, but very terrific calligraphy. Oh yeah, amazing. <laughs> Almost as amazing as that turtleneck she's wearing. That's the that's the one funny thing about slasher messages is the time they put into writing the messages. <laughs> you think you're in a hurry to kill somebody, so you just scribble a bunch of crap. Well, you have to disguise your handwriting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, if that's the case, maybe you could have. Well, if you do the magazine article ransom note way, that takes even longer. So. Oh yeah, you know, for real. You know, great minds think alike. <laughs> All right, a little bit of a scream fill here with her on the phone. Oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, almost an exact setup. Drew Barrymore, if I mean, anybody who's seen that, Drew Barrymore is the first victim in Scream. It's one of the best openings to any movie ever. Agreed. Where he's got a touch, where he's got, she's got a touchstone phone. She's got a nice little tight blonde wig with a white sweater. <laughs> she's doing the same thing that Jen did at the start of this scene. She's she's like chopping up some, some food. Yeah. I think, or cooking popcorn, right? She was, yeah, making popcorn and scream. I would say that um, Michelle Williams wins in the body department. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I could see it for Dawson, but yeah, he was over his head. There, there is that funny part where in the, I think it's one of the earliest episodes where Joey is trying to explain to Dawson why they shouldn't be sleeping over together at 15 years old. She goes, I have boobs now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? You have genitalia. <laughs> And <laughs> it's one of those things where if my mom, uh, I will say, that's one where if my mom heard that, the TV's going off. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, Jen's kind of in the flirtatious mode because I guess she thinks it's Dawson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dawson's and been pranking everybody, so she thinks it's him. The one funny thing is that if they actually got the dude who did the voice of Ghostface to do that. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, shit. All right, now let me say this. So she's got the knife and she was cutting onions. Not only would you get stabbed, you'd get stabbed with a a knife that has onions on it, which would sting even more. (laughs) So that is, that's a, that's some great strategy. Like a poisoned blade. This and poor old man. She's checking the, the window. windows. You, you know, sadly, Jen, this is probably me when I'm alone in the house in the daytime. <laughs> Tripping it's on my this. pills, closing the windows because I thought I heard something. Walking around with an onion-stained knife. Oh, that, that's just the start. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a, per, a highly personal thing. I cannot <laughs> sleep alone at night. Oh, oh no! Oh, and that is the dying grandfather. Okay. <laughs> you know, somebody walked in right now 
they would think that Jen is trying to kill her grandfather. Yes, they would. <laughs> um. So why can't you sleep alone at night? I don't know. It, I guess I don't know. I do like the sideways angle. It's a that's a trip, typical horror trope where you tilt the angle because things are going weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, things like this is what creep me out. Yeah. Get too spooked. Sometimes, yeah, definitely at night. Definitely at night. I, I just like that comfort. I like that comfort of knowing someone's there with me. Well, yeah. I mean, I can see that. That was a nice. That was a decent little kind of like standalone segment. I guess. I guess the kids these days call that a bottle episode, <laughs> where there's just this one weird segment where all of a sudden, the you know the characters like it's almost like completely against type for the rest of the show because this mm-hmm. is not this is this is the this is the thing folks this is not a horror series it's just it's a it's a teenage coming of age like like soap opera e drama that just has this one like scary faux scary episode i like it when episodes do that or when shows yeah. do that you know my favorite yeah. shows one of my favorite shows is community which made a living mm-hmm. off of that mm-hmm. like every show was like some sort of against it was a show that was not about what it was supposed to be about Mm-hmm. It was always like a riff of something else. They would do like an action thing. They would do like a My Dinner with Andre ripoff. They would do an episode <laughs> where they were all in the study room because no one could find a pen. Like, yes, <laughs> which is like, which is sort of a riff on uh, what's that Seinfeld episode where they're all in the garage? Mm-hmm. I think it's called The Garage. The Garage. <laughs> yeah. Where they, they're trying to find their car and they can't find it. I love so. that episode. Absolutely. Like, it's, but the reason why people love it is because it's memorable. Because mm-hmm. even though it might have some context towards the story, like the, the overall story and the saga of the show that you can kind of move forward, it lives on its own because it's just so unique. Mm-hmm. The only problem is you can only do that so many times. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what the community's problem was, is that you can't just keep alienating the fan base by just having one weird thing after another. <laughs> that's what we do in the quadrupods. <laughs> Oh it, well, yeah, just right here, right yeah. here. You, know, you, got, you got an episode. You got an episode where you're all telling Halloween stories. Yeah. And then you have an episode where you review Black Christmas. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you have one uh, where you talk about fat shit diaries. So look, I have to serve all my personalities uh, <laughs> on my podcast. That's the point of a show. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, kind of speaking of that, did you see a variety of personalities with the central cast? Did you feel like when you watched it, you're like, you know, I know a person who's like that, but I'm not like that. And I know a person who's like, like Pacey, but I'm not like that. And even Kerr Smith, who comes out, who comes in later as, uh, with, a with her, with his, uh, sister character, who I think winds up with Pacey. Yes. But, um, he sort of break it off later, yeah. but he comes out later as gay. You know, yes. so they, they so they all they, did you feel like they had a lot of different personalities? Yeah, I mean, they do a good job at blending all of the personalities too. like, you know, Dawson being fairly square and Pacey being sort of wild. You know, it's, it's good to pair them them up and then swerving everybody with the pairing of Joey and Pacey, which, you know, I wonder if that's. Something I don't think that was by design by Kevin Williamson. I don't think it was either. He was the showrunner for the first two seasons. Mm -hmm. 
and he left uh, because he, he left for the same reason that everybody in, for every excuse that everybody in Hollywood has given for their lack of success. They blame the Weinsteins. Of so, course. so, so he said that he had a contract with um, Dimension, which was the horror division of Miramax, and mm-hmm. he was like making The Faculty and um, Scream Two. And oh, then, I love The Faculty. Then he actually made a movie with uh, Katie Holmes that got uh, bumped over and over again because of Columbine. Called it. It was originally called Killing Mrs. Tingle, it's and they changed it to Teaching, teaching Mrs. Mrs. Tingle. Tingle. I love that fucking movie. That's a great right, movie. right, and so um, it flopped badly, and, yeah. and it kind of hurt him. He actually also did later on, but this was after Dawson's Creek was over. He did a he did a werewolf movie called Cursed with Christina Ricci. I love that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no. Uh, long, long story short, Williamson only show ran for two seasons, and those were the two seasons, unironically, where there was no Joey Pacey pairing up. Mm-hmm. Here's Pacey the sidekick. Can I get a what what? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a station wagon? Oh yeah. Okay. If I'm com- if I'm pulling up to my friend's house in a station wagon, I am not flaunting. Hey, look, anybody that can drive at- <laughs> and get me away from my house, I don't care what you're in. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't think that was the original intent. No. And I think he said just as much in interviews where he said, "I always had it in the end for Dawson and." And Joey to finish together the end. What he did say, however, is that he came back to write the series finale, which came, went all the way back to this show went for six seasons. And mm-hmm. so in the sixth season and the finale, he wrote it and he had the same intent of like, I, it was always supposed to be Dawson and Joey at the end. That was my intent when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And when he wrote the finale, there's a, there's the big reveal. The, the whole storyline mm-hmm. that goes around is that, is that. Joey has to choose between Pacey, a grown-up Pacey, and grown-up and a and a grown-up uh, Dawson. And Jen dies of some weird heart ailment. Yeah, and she decides that her dying wish is that Joey choose between the two. Which is like, <laughs> man, I have a whole lot more dying wishes I could have used than that. You rubbed the lamp for that. <laughs> but um, but but at the end of the day. Um, Joey goes with Pacey, right? Which which is the way Williamson wrote it. So I did not have the WB when I when this was on, and it was popular. But I went to college in two thousand one, and it was on in syndication on like TBS, I think, or mm-hmm. it was or on maybe, TBS. Yeah, and so that's how I watched it. And I, instead of going to class, obviously. So you weren't I, watching it real time. No, I was not. Okay. Um, so I was I was a college student watching the well half ass college. Yeah, student. I was wa- I was watching it live and um uh when it as it was going on, it did lose steam pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I would have to say, oh wow, okay, is that John Cusack? No. <laughs> that looks a lot like looks John. Looks like Cusack. great value. Jason Priestley. <laughs> in the uh, is this is this in the same is this in the same convenience store where Pacey just randomly bumped into his fuck body? Yeah, yeah, I think. Okay, so. who There's also by the that way, one convenience store in the whole all the way thing. classic primo '90s curling hair. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like classic ni- women of the '90s hairdo. Yes, but um. 
but yeah, like watching it live, you could tell like there was some energy to it. I mean, ratings still network ratings. The WB was a weird animal because it was it was bumming off of what Fox had done. But when Fox got the NFL contract, like in the early '90s, it sort of took a jump from being a syndication pro, like a syndicated network, like it was supposed to be, and kind of got to the big boy table with uh, NBC, CBS, and ABC, mm-hmm. and they had a whole lot of other programming that kind of made them mainstream. The Simpsons, um, the X Files, The King of the Hill, like mm-hmm. there was there was programming on Fox in the late '90s that really got them into the got them to the table. And the WB didn't have that. Like they, when they started, they sort of started with an urban sort of approach. They had like uh, the Wayans brothers, the Parenthood, Unhappily Ever After, and none of them really did well. And they decided to skew younger, more female uh, driven. And this was one of the ones that did. And and Buffy the Vampire Slayer was sort of a just this random show that became a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of some other, like I actually wrote them down, like Seventh Heaven was one that actually really started to do better. Charmed, um, Angel was a spinoff of Buffy. Then where really, where they kind of found some real momentum and it all, and it went all the way over into the, uh, the CW was Smallville. Of course. Which is what kind of introduced the, I, what do they call it? The Berlanti verse. Yeah. Because that's Greg Berlanti, the writer who um who creates all those shows for the DC and that's sort of that that I would have to argue those are probably all the CW's most popular shows. Oh yeah, for sure. The um, one funny thing about the WB um is that one of the shows at the very tail end before it closed up in 2006 when it merged with um um UPN for the CW was Supernatural and Supernatural went for 15 seasons. Yeah, um that another one that I watched um in syndication a bunch. <laughs> right. <laughs> um the other thing that's the other thing that's funny is that one of the one of the key guys behind the WB and wrestling fans will remember this name is Jamie Kellner. Jamie Kellner is the man who killed WCW when he took over Turner Broadcasting. Oh no. So guess what? The guy who killed WCW created the show that we're watching right now. <laughs> You're welcome. As Jen well, is, uh, the show's to... over with. Reesh, we're done. We're done with this. <laughs> Uh, Jen is now, uh, as she always is throughout the the show, sneaking behind her grandmother's back to go get some <laughs> tail. So the whole house is like booby trapped. I don't know if this is supposed to be a party or just like a friend gathering. Well, when you have a drunk teacher at the house, it damn sure is a party. <laughs> no, that's it's... not the teacher, is it? No, that's not the teacher. It isn't. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm confused now. It was a rando that um, they met at the gas station because her boyfriend was trying to hit her. Oh, true, true, right. I'm losing touch. And are they trying to fuck with a Ouija board? No, I don't see a Ouija board. Okay, good. But they're just telling spooky stories, apparently. Yeah, they're they're getting ready. I'm still I'm still watching Dawson play with the fake snake. Okay. And no, I'm not talking about his penis. <laughs> or are you? <laughs> Don't forget what Joey told Dawson in the Oh, okay. Nice little fake gore in the refrigerator. Mhm. But it's probably, you know what? That's probably a nice ass watermelon. <laughs> 
It looked like somebody's head and brains. Do you get into Halloween and spooky stuff? Um, I don't get into it in terms of the dress up. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I have a, te- I have an, a ten year old going on eleven, and she, you know, I, 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 I'm more willing to participate than I did then. It's, it was more of a situation where when I was in my, when I was like in college, and then when I got older, you know, then I got married. I just wasn't, I wasn't the partying type. Now when you want your kid to enjoy themselves, you're more willing to sort of get into the fray and play mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of more of a reluctant. Um, oh, another one. Uh, we're watching all these jump scares popping up. <laughs> you can tell they're, they're, you can tell they're like, you know what guys, we're not going to ever do these again. So you better get them out your system. <laughs> Cause this is literally like the sixth or seventh one. But yeah, it's, it's fun to do. Uh, I, I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the, like a spooky movie, like a really good scary movie is always something I'm in for, you know, like hereditary is like one of my, I I absolutely loved the type of movies that I like that scare me are the ones that like, like Rosemary's baby, the ones that Mm. psychologically scare you, Mm, you know, like I'll give you an example. Like there's a movie I always tell people there's a movie called, um, I think it's called compliance. And I tell people it's the scariest movie I ever saw, but it's not a horror movie. It's a movie about, um, based on a true story, about a guy who prank phone calls a a uh, a fast food restaurant and convinces the manager that the employee stole from him, and uh, that he needs to bring her into and that he needs to be. Oh, he pretends he's a cop mm-hmm. and gets him to like come into the room, the break room, to interrogate on the cell phone while he's just randomly calling because he's just a, a nobody and convinces them like almost like Stockholm's and it like convinces them to like do these things to the point where they have a security guard in the break room as the accused person is standing up naked while he's instructing her to twirl around. Oh my God. Because that's how that, that is the nature of compliance. Like when you're scared at the, that of the veil of authority, you will do anything. Oh, okay. And uh, and it's a movie called Compliance. It starred the great Anne O'Dowd, who I can't even I can't even name how many movies and TV shows she's been in because there's so many. Yeah, I'm looking at the um, stuff. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yes, and Dreama and Dreama and just to bring it all full circle, the other star I think is Dreama Walker, who starred mm-hmm. with Kristen Ritter in the show I loved called Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. I love that too. And one of the co-stars. <laughs> Yeah, James Vanderbeek. Yeah. <laughs> He's really good at that too. So they're trying to conjure up the spirits and they're doing and, and this is I guess this is sort of the intelligence of knowing the characters. Mm-hmm. They're sort of like they're giving it's not one of these things where all the characters are like, oh my god, this, this isn't like are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is like characters like like Pacey is sort of like digging this chick because he's a hornball. And Dawson is sort of like taking it all in because he loves the nature of like a, of a magical ex- of this like fictional experience. And Joey's like, this girl is fucking weird. <laughs> it's pretty sort of, much. It sort of speaks to the approach of the characters. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to say. Judging by her um, battle with her boyfriend in the. Uh, convenience store i bet you she has a lot of scary stories most of the behind <laughs> alleyways <laughs> yikes <laughs> have you 
Have you ever had any um, paranormal experiences? No, I do believe I do believe in spirits. I do believe that I hate going too far off the grid with this stuff while watching this random show. But what? Um, that's what we're doing it for. Um, I do believe that when the when the soul leaves the body, the soul stays the, the soul stays on this plane. That oh. there there are things that people, even though they're they're at rest, they're around you telling you things. Not necessarily bad things. They're just there. But but I think sometimes that there are things that they they know that they weren't able to finish in their lives. So they they do that. It sounds it sounds like so like something that you've seen in some kind of movie that <laughs> starred like uh, Mel Gibson or Helen Hunt. But wow. or Jennifer Garner. Or Anna Kendrick. Anna Ken- if I say that sounds like something Anna Kendrick is, I probably hit the nail on pretty much anything in life. <laughs> but, but seriously, yeah, I don't believe in aliens though. I think the believing in aliens is dumb. Okay, well, <laughs> says dumb. says the man who believes in ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never, I no, I've, ne- I've never had, I have never had a paranormal experience in my life. No. Never. No, which is which is probably why I'm always jittery around the house because I'm waiting for that moment because I know (laughs) it's like it's like the bucket list. You know that it's going to happen one day, but you don't know when it's coming. Uh, It'll be when you least expect it for sure. Have you had one? No, I mean, I always kind of wanted to. Um, (laughs) That's like like falling on top of off the top of a cage. Have you ever done it? No, but I wanted to. (laughs) I would love to see a ghost, man. That would, I mean, I'm into it. I mean, I ain't I trying remember, to. I remember someone, is, someone I know was complaining, was not complaining, but telling me at work that they thought they had a ghost at work. I was like, well, if there's a ghost at work I'm, and they can pick shit up, I'm telling them to get to work because we're busy. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I'm in my work mode, I'm in the zone, Jen. Like, I'm not, I am not thinking about, I am not thinking about wrestling. I am not thinking about the NBA. Uh, I do that when I get home. But, I, I am not, <laughs> I, sure. I, I am just so focused, you know, I will say this, like, you know, some people, like, I was, I, I was thinking about this and like, they were talking about, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm getting off track, but I remember JT, I remember JT and uh, Josh Richard were talking on one of your earlier shows about American Gladiators. Yeah. For the Pluto episodes. And they said, you know, when we, when we grew up, we pretended to be the American Gladiators. I wonder what it was like trying to like be like Dawson's Creek like what would that entail like would that mean that you would just be fishing for women sitting lonely on a on a front lawn on like the bench of their of their of their house and then asking them what they're going to be doing for life which was which is basically what Dawson's Creek was it was like an examination of what the future of your life is as a young kid yeah yeah but if you actually tried to do that in real life that would seem like a real creepy thing to do. <laughs> hey, lonely woman, would you like to uh, would you like to spend the rest of your life with me so we can go on an adventure of emotions and heartbreak? <laughs> no, you sound. <laughs> you sound... <laughs> Isn't that what proposing is? <laughs> no, no. I and, and when I grew up, I never, I never did that. I never did that kind of lurking. I did that on AOL. But that's oh, not, that's the size of hell. <laughs> Have any angsty teenage stories <laughs> crushes that never got well you know like the one that got away yeah. no not i wouldn't say that um 
but yeah, it, you know, this was definitely, I was 16 when this, uh, when the show debuted. So you're definitely in that hormonal stage, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, or I would call it my Peter Brady stage, but my voice hasn't broken yet <laughs> and I'm 39, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, Any I, day I, now I got my one, like, um, I, um, I met my, I met my uh, future wife in college, like my first year in college, she had just, she was finishing high school and we were together for 20 years and, and we've been together for 20, I mean, yeah. and that's that, you know, the deal was done, but you know, not as many people get so lucky, but yeah, yeah, you're in that phase in high school where you're, you're wondering, you're looking, you're just like, you're just like these four on the show. You're just trying to wonder like, what is the rest of my life going to look like? And you're at a, such a young age to think that because you're, because you're at a point in your life where you think you're mature, but you're not. Right. And you think you know it all like Dawson does with movie making, but you don't. And and you sort of hit you sort of hit those walls of reality. Um, But that comes later. You know, when you're in the now ooh swinging pendulum. Um, The. uh, Just saying just uh, just to give context to the show, uh, Pacey and Joey were going up the stairs and a random pendulum just popped up. But. No, like, yeah, you you sort of, like, uh, explore and see. I think my first kiss was ever while I was watching Titanic on VHS. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. awesome. I mean. Even though I already knew, I already saw it. <laughs> so I, you knew I got, what was going to so happen. I got, so I got the timing right, but here's the funny part. The Titanic tape was two of them. Yes, it was because it was at the time, like, yeah, it was, it was so long. longer than two hours. I had it. Yes, I remember. It was a double cassette. So we're kissing, and it the tape just stops. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's just silence. Like, I had it with James Horner's music. Like, it was perfect. <laughs> and then the tape pops out. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> now I got to get up from doing this, and I got to go <laughs> change the tape over and get this iceberg going. We had <laughs> We had such a talk about icebergs, right? (laughs) Oh, yo, that's great. I love that. Son of a bitch. You got to go earlier in the movie, like when Rose shows her tits and is naked. Right. And this is also the year where Leo mania is running wild. There's every year. There's probably there's probably the two most desired men, I think, at this point in in the world in the United States were probably Leonardo DiCaprio and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> like, like they were all over. I think Titanic was number one in the box office all the way until probably around the time of this show. Probably yeah. like April of nineteen ninety eight. Like it was number one in the box office for like four straight months, four or five months. I saw it like three times in the theaters. Yeah. You know what I do wonder though is that it would have been better. You know how he's such a Spielberg fan. Spielberg had Saving Private Ryan, and it lost to Shakespeare in Love in the Oscars. I, I remember that. He should have done a running storyline where, like, Dawson just never got over the fact that Saving Private that Spielberg <laughs> lost. <laughs> he won Best Director, and then he, he kills everybody on Dawson's and, Creek. Yeah, well, maybe that led to sort of like the hard feelings that he had later when Joey rejects him. There you go. Because I mean, look. Well, you do have to judge Joey's choices. Like, Joey got with a guy who wound up literally later that year saying he's gay. Yeah, well, I mean... You are, has... in that, you are in that age of awakening where you're like, well, 
maybe that's not who I am. I'm good at being something else, but that's not who I am. Yeah, I mean, and who hasn't had a crush on a gay person? Um, sorry. It happens <laughs> a lot. Right. All right, I got a, another freaking T-Mobile commercial now. I am in, I, I'm stuck in the scene where they're looking for the fuser box. Yeah, he was talking to the girl. That I guess she's like a psychic. Is yep, ex- exterior shot, which means, as in Black Christmas, the killer is watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like the horror tropes. Like, the, oh, me such, too. E- they're such easy tells. It's such a simple It's such a simple technique. Mm-hmm. And that's why horror movies are so successful, because they're so cheap. Yeah. I bet this is one of the cheapest episodes they made. <laughs> well, they have all those gags and shit, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Decorations and stuff. With the crazy, like, with the amputated fingers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, he opens the door, and there is Joey, who is dead with uh, blood all over his neck. And here comes <laughs> the man with the knife. Nice little, okay, outside shot, fade to black. Very nice. You could tell they were getting their Jones off of that the the scream movement because yeah yeah scream was a very popular movie. It wasn't oh. just that it was like a well made movie, which it is. Mm-hmm. The dialogue in Scream is really really good, and you could tell from the way that they write these characters that 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 in, that was where the inspiration. For, that's why I think some people gravitated to the show. Like mm-hmm. it's very very snappy dialogue, little a little quirky, but a, like they they say things they say things and talk about things. And they talk in a manner in which I, I bet a younger viewer watches and says, yeah, that sounds like a conversation I would have. It doesn't sound like an episode of Melrose Place, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> which, which I think is sort of rewarding, you know, even today when I watch it. You know, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like wooden and and like stilted. Well, Do you get that vibe watching it now? I will. This is a Katie Holmes thing. I find her to be a little bit. Um, deadpan. Yeah, I mean, she just has like a certain like style where she doesn't want to make eye contact with anybody, and so she just looks twitchy a lot. What's um, funny though is that that's sort of that's sort of the reputation Michelle Williams got when she made movies. Mm-hmm. Now I say that she did like a movie where she played Marilyn Monroe. She I love in, that movie too. She was in Oz the Great and Powerful, yeah. and she she did a movie where she played uh, Bob Fosse's. Uh, oh, that's great! Too. Um, like companion, like she's done some very outward type of performances where she's really like going for it. But I've always seen Michelle Williams do like really good, quiet like brooding type of performances. I like, would agree with that. Probably her best performance was Manchester by the Sea, mm-hmm. where I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's it's a it's, it's a very it's, sad. <laughs> it's a very sad um uh drama about a family who uh, with a with a with a man whose brother dies and he has tries to take care of the kid but he had a tragedy of his own which led to a divorce and there's a scene where Casey Affleck meets Michelle Williams' character in the sidewalk, and they just absolutely have it out about all the mistakes that they made that led to a tragedy in their family. That it, I literally, Jen, I cannot watch it without crying. Yeah, like, it's it intense. is terrible. That's probably the best. It, when I see Michelle Williams, I think of a movie like that. Like she's very quiet, very like subtle. She mm-hmm. seems to be able to tell like really good performances by not doing much whereas katie holmes is trying to do this on dawson's creek and she doesn't have the inventory and she doesn't have those like she doesn't have those like 
tricks in her back pocket to pull out of her hat and say, oh, I, maybe I can do this differently to make it make the performance better. She's a kid. Yeah, like, exactly. The only movie she did after, before this was The Ice Storm, which is a phenomenal movie. But like she was in that movie for like five seconds. I don't think I've seen that one. It's a it's 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 very much like an angsty like it's a 70 movie set in the 70s and it stars Kevin Klein, Tobey Maguire and um I'm trying to think of the other I think Christina Ricci too. Oh, there's oh. the ghost, there's the ghost face. And it's a trick by that evil bitch Jennifer. <laughs> I knew Jennifer was ghost face. All right. She had to get her um revenge. But she just ruined that nice sweater with a. Actually, that sweater's ugly. I'm glad they. Yeah, were. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and poor Scott Foley is back there. Like, I'm just here for the clicks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Like the thing I will say about Katie Holmes is uh, just as a performer for the show, she grew into it. Like yeah, I think by the end of it, you can really tell in clips from the last season, she is pretty much a formative actress. She has. She has a much more well-rounded ability to like show what she can do. This is pre. This is pre-brainwashing. So. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> the boyfriend found him. That was another good jump scare. Yeah, you see, like this is a, this is an example of being able to like advance the whole the general story through a unique formula which yeah, is yeah. which is a cool take i'm also looking i'm kind of a little bit behind and i'm watching i'm looking at the spielberg posters behind him okay you'll get to the jump scare i'm gonna pause it for a second <laughs> but um i was watching i was watching uh the pilot and he, or the second episode he was showing dawson showing jen uh the the bedroom he's such a spiller. yeah yeah as we yeah. all know, he's like, "This is my critically acclaimed wall, and here is Schindler's List in the color purple." And, and I'm like, "Jen and I'm thinking, just fucking takes her shirt off and drops." And her I'm bikinis. like, "And and all I'm thinking because I'm a I'm a cinephile, I'm like, yeah, but where's Duel? And where's the <laughs> where's the Sugarland Express? You oh completest asshole." <laughs> I mean, it's a obviously it's a fictional character who is very very obsessed with him. Uh, Kevin Williamson said that a lot of the character is based off of his real life uh, childhood in. Um, I remember that Carolina, yeah. but he was also uh, a closeted gay man at the time. So hmm. he, he sort of like he sort of you. That was one of the inspirations behind Kurt Smith's character um, coming out of the closet. That was also not too long after Ellen DeGeneres did it on her show. Um, and then there was this wave of people, more gay characters on, on dramas and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that, and, and Williamson wanted to do that because he had been, he had been, and now I'm at the boyfriend. There you go. <laughs> I was just looking through Katie Holmes, um, filmography. I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of thin if I'm being it's honest. Very, it's very incomplete. It's yeah. very incomplete. She also did, I think she also played Nancy Reagan in a miniseries, which is, like super random. This was that was after Cruise. Um, but um, the best movie I ever saw her in was Ooh, yeah, nice little jump there where the mm -hmm. where the hand comes to get the door. Mm -hmm. You see, it's it's fun to watch this because it's a it's an episode like again it's an episode of Dawson's Creek, but it has all the tropes of a scary movie, but yeah. no actual paranormal shit. Like the scary stuff is like people. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real it's life. Real. 
it's reality based outside of the Ouija board. Man, um, she was going best, to town on that guy with a frying pan. That was awesome. The best performance I probably saw out of Katie Holmes was this small movie she did called Pieces of April. Yes. That was probably, that yeah. was probably the best movie I saw her, where she's, prepare, she's trying to prepare a, a dinner party for her family. Mm-hmm. It's a very small movie, but that was probably the best. But yeah, that, that just speaks to how thin his – compared to Michelle Williams, even Joshua Jackson, he yeah. wound up doing some great stuff like Fringe and um, – um, th- and he also did the following, which was also a Kevin mm-hmm. Williamson show with Kevin Bacon. Like Josh Jackson wound up being pretty successful. And Vanderbeek doesn't he have a new show right now? Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's on. Um, it's called, I think it's called Doctor Death. Death. The- yeah, yeah, it's on my list. Right, like everything else in mm-hmm. streaming is on my right. list. I'll yeah, never exactly. do it. Right? I will. I probably. I've I've learned this with streaming over the years, Jen. You never catch up to it. You only you only see it when you can like like i've come to the realization that like i will never watch an episode of sopranos in my life because at some point <laughs> in my life at some point early in my days like in the late 90s like around this point i just didn't watch it and and i never got invested to it so i don't want to jump in i yeah. have never i've seen one episode of game of thrones my entire life so i'm with you on sopranos never seen that but um and then I did do like season one of Game of Thrones. But, but I've I, seen every episode of Better Off Ted, and I've seen, <laughs> I, I've seen, I, which is like a super random show on ABC with Portia yeah. Rossi that was yeah. funny as hell. It was good. Um, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen every episode of Friday Night Lights, which is That's like an show. incredible show. But I, I will never fault somebody for not seeing a single episode because there's just too much television. There's too much. I don't know. I'm it's not a bad all. thing. Was that? I, I've decided to devote my life to watching all television. So that's not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Why not? a show that a show that became very popular after this that I wouldn't say rift them because Dawson's Creek, even the creator said, we tried to we tried to subvert the peach pit. They wanted basically to do whatever nine or two one of was doing and put their own spin on it. Another show that came out that was based in California that was similar to this was the OC. And one of the guys who reviewed that show, like, religiously, who became probably the most well-known internet reviewer of television out there is Alan Sepinwall. Mm-hmm. So anything Sepinwall says is good. If he <laughs> says it, I believe it. Like, I watched Breaking Bad because Sepinwall said it was good. It is good. Yeah. Oh, Breaking Bad, I've seen every – that's one yeah. That's one I wrote off the bucket list. I, I saw it all. The Wire saw it all, you know. Uh, but then again, you know – um. I mean, you could probably pick a random show that's really, really great, and I could probably point at it and say I've never seen a single episode of that. <laughs> the Crown, never seen an episode of The Crown. Oh, yeah? Yep. All right, so they were trying to make out by the door and then got busted by Grandma. Well, if that's the case, don't do it by the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. And that is actually very classy, and it yeah. shows a little bit more of a well-roundedness where – where Meemaw is saying, or I think her nickname Graham. is Graham. Yeah, Graham. Where she's saying, you know what? Keep making out. Do your thing. You be <laughs> I you. think she did kind of say that. <laughs> she's a great character on here. We didn't really talk about the parents much at all, but. Um, Pacey doesn't really have much mm-hmm. in terms of parents. Like, you almost never see them at all, unless. That sort of got opened up later in the, uh, in the show when I wasn't watching it anymore. And. Um, Joey's relationship with the parents is, I guess, is wholesome. I guess you could call it wholesome. 
Well, isn't her dad in prison? And then she lives yeah, that, with her oh, sister. Oh, okay. That, that's not wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, the mom died. The dad's in prison. And she lives with the sister. And then the sister, I think, gets pregnant. Oh, then I got that totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Dawson, and then, and then, like. And then Dawson's parents are MILFs. Um, and then he busts her on an affair, but they still stay together. So, right. Which, yeah. which, by the way, for a man as naive and self-absorbed as he is, Dawson Leary somehow figures out from watching a telecast that his that his mom is stoinking the co-anchor. Yeah, and then he overhears them on the phone. Right. Quite the um. Yeah. <laughs> quite the sleuth. <laughs> Dawson's the pruder to the rescue. <laughs> Alright, so now they're um, in Dawson. I ain't gonna lie, I wore a necklace just like Dawson did. Yeah, I think a lot of dudes I did. could not grow the hair. I tried. My senior year is the longest I ever got it, and it just itched so fucking bad that I had to cut it. <laughs> but I never got to Dawson season one level. That It just, it just never agreed with me. That is some nice, well-coiffed hair, though. It is very nice. Like, that is a universal hairdo. Like, you could probably get away wearing that hairdo now, and no one will laugh at you, I would say. Or maybe not. Maybe just behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> so, they've decided that she's going to sleep over. Do you like the fact that Joey has, like, an ambiguous name? Like, you know, like a male-female best friend type of thing? Yeah, think that definitely was adds to it. does feel like that way. Like the Know What You Did Last Summer poster, and then on the other mm-hmm. side, the Close Encounters poster. Nice little synergy there. Oh, they found and the And for some guy. fucking reason, he has a Hook poster. Hook <laughs> is trash. <laughs> and fake spiders, just to kind of riff yeah. on all the jump scares, but Joey no-sells it, which is a nice little finish to like yeah. sort of like brush it to the side and say, back to, back to our regular routine for the next episode. So, nice touch. Yeah, that was a really fun episode. I do wish they had kind of like conjured actual spirits, though. With the and the and were. the real killer from the telecast to start the show was yep. the John Cusack lookalike that knocked on the door. Okay, cool. And that's it. Yeah, that was fun. It was a good episode. I mean, it's not it, it, like we were like we've been talking about. It. It's not typical of the other ones, like. This is only two episodes before the finale, which mm-hmm. is very, very dramatic. Uh, the grandfather that that Jen almost stabbed to death with the <laughs> knife, he actually dies uh, right. eventually. And then Joey admits having feelings for Dawson, and Dawson kisses her. And that leads into the second season where there's sort of a pull between... Joey and Jen to try to earn Dawson's love kind of thing. And that, that exactly. kind of – that is sort of the – and then, and then they add a couple of uh, other ones. I think Rachel Lee Cook is also in this first season. That sounds right. Yeah. And yeah. this is right before she becomes a huge star and she's all that. Another great movie. I was looking up some of the people who did guest spots. Now, it's not all the first season. Some of them were like the very, at the very end, but just a few of them. Seth Rogen was in the final season. Uh, Jensen Ackles from the aforementioned supernatural chad michael murray who wound mm-hmm. up becoming a big star in one tree hill another wb show michael pitt who um did boardwalk empire mm-hmm. amongst a lot of other stuff 
Rachel Lee Cook, Foley, who we just saw, he also did Scandal. Um, Sarah Shahi, who also did The Rookie and Person of Interest. And then they have a lot of older older actors who played like teachers and superiors like Ken Marino, Jane Lynch, and Harry Shearer from The Simpsons. So that's uh that it, it not they didn't really get a lot of huge names like there was no Leo DiCaprio in Growing Pains moment mm-hmm. <laughs> where they get like a big somebody who like emerges as a top star and they like urkel it up like it pretty much <laughs> is the, it's pretty much the focus of of Vanderbeek Jackson. Williams and Holmes, and they are the central, they are the the center of gravity for the entire show, all the way to the end of it, which I thought was pretty nice. Yeah, there me were too. no bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. And solid guest stars, though. You know, not top tier, but and the and as the kids call it, the needle drops, which is <laughs> which you didn't which I don't think you were gonna hear any of them in this horror-inspired episode anyway. I'm not sure I haven't d- dug into the Pluto version of it or the Netflix version of it too much, but when they would air these episodes, they would have mainstream popular 90s hits radio yes. that kids knew like like one week from the bare naked ladies and you know, uh, I get knocked down I get up and they would just have all, and then I'll be by Edwin McCain. They would have these, these, these uh, songs just like drop in right at the moment that you would be thinking, man, now would be a nice time to have like something for the, like to set the atmosphere. So like, I felt like Dawson's Creek was sort of the inspiration for that whole era of like we you would have this like one segment late in the episode where everybody's sort of like just kind of standing there contemplating <laughs> things and you just hear this music kind of playing to like wrap a bow around it. And I felt like Dawson's Creek sort of defined that, you know, Ali McBeal did that too. the OC mm-hmm. did that later, like like Dawson's Creek made it hip to like have cool to like bring mainstream music on their show. Instead of having just this kind of silly harmonica type of music that you could just produce. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And yeah, was, it does. And, and Paula Cole being on the main uh, on the main track for the opening theme sort of like lent to that whole that whole vibe. All right. Well, um, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, oh, no, the pleasure's all mine with me. Um, Hopefully I didn't take the oxygen out of the room. No, no, you're great. Um, are there any other podcasts that you want to talk about and promote before we get out of here? The Place to Be Nations NBA team uh, that I do with Adam Murray, uh, we, are, we we took a, quit, a little bit of a break uh, with the offseason going on, but we're going to be doing an episode very soon, in the next, and it'll be out in the next week. And me and Jordan Duncan, I don't want to spoil it yet, but um, we, we got one planned uh, for the North-South connection that I think people will really, really like. It's going to be out very very soon okay well go ahead because by the time this comes out i'm sure it'll be out by now okay then it's called um you know what that means which is going to be an aw centric podcast on oh, the north nice. south connection we're going to be just discussing basically all things aew uh we especially leading into the the big all-out show which will feature the in-ring return of cm punk well, I think you guys are hitting a good time to start an AEW podcast. I think so. <laughs> we're like, we're like, we're like Dawson, we're like Dawson's Creek. We're riding that teenage. Yeah, fuck wave. yeah. Yeah, riding, riding the punk wave. I guess yep. rising, a rising tide raises all boats. Unless it's <laughs> Dawson's Creek, in which if there's a rising tide, everyone dies. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about social media? Uh, Twitter. Um, uh, uh. At Andrew Reich, A N D R E W R I C H E, 
or um or Andy Pants. I think it's Andy, I think it's Andrew Reese. I think it might be Andy Pants. Yeah, it might be Andy. Yeah, I'm better anyway. My picture is Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman and all the presidents men. You can't can't miss it. (laughs) But um, that's pretty much it. Uh, just sort of like chugging along, trying to get back in the game. I was out for a little while with the podcasting, so it's sort of good to get your feet wet, do some of these uh little mini dives, see what Mm -hmm. you can do, see what you observe, and just go from there. All right. Um, as for me, uh, on the Jenny position, you should be able to hear a new episode of something. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> my schedule is a mess right now, so uh, I have tons. Aren't of shows. all of ours? Yes, uh, I have tons of shows. There's um, Talk and Pop. There is um, Hot Tokes, uh, Geek and Sassy, and um, The Journey Through Infinity. And um, so listen to everything here. Listen to my wrestling content on Place to Be Wrestling and the North South Connection if you are into that. You can follow me on Twitter at Jenny Position and on my Facebook page as well. Uh, thanks again, Reesh. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about teenage uh, dramas again someday. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll find something on Pluto one day. <laughs> Maybe a very special episode. Those are the best. Yes. Usually evolving aids are crack. Yeah. <laughs> or both. See the peace in every